This is an RNZ podcast. Okay, this is what I think of 2019. Good riddance. You have been an absolute nightmare. I'm glad to see the back of you. So anyway, Happy New Year, everyone. That was actor and Kiwi celebrity Robbie Magasiva farewelling 2019 with a middle finger on New Year's Eve in a video for his Instagram followers. And that was then embedded in an online New Zealand Herald news story for New Year, whose headline called it expletive ridden, but it was only really sparingly sweary in truth. Now, many other people might have posted similar stuff online at that time and not made the news, but his blurt did because his brother, actor Pua Magasiva, had died by suspected suicide in mid-2019. And later, his widow Liz had told the Herald she suffered abuse during their relationship and that he'd even been convicted of assaulting her. And that's serious stuff, obviously, but none of it really made his brother's downbeat New Year social media message truly newsworthy. The following year, the day started badly for someone who's banned from all social media platforms these days, InfoWars conspiracy theorist and misinformation professional Alex Jones. He was ordered to pay a six-figure sum to a man whose son was killed in the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting in the US for saying things like this. My gut tells me the White House, people controlling the government were involved in this. So don't ever think the globalists that have hijacked this country wouldn't stage something like this. They kill little kids. All day, every day. And it's not our government, it's the globalist. I mean, they're doing it, they're doing it, they're staging it. This is the first of several potentially crippling lawsuits that Alex Jones faces for repeatedly claiming the massacre was a state-sponsored hoax starring so-called crisis actors. Well, he's now currently begging online subscribers for more money to carry on his media work. And two days later, so was another right-wing provocateur, Stefan Molyneux, one of a pair who sparked a free speech frenzy on a speaking tour here last year and who now realises he's become unemployable. There is no place for me to go from here. This is where I, we, I believe, must take our stand. What am I going to go and get a job back in the corporate world? (laughs) One, One search and it would be functionally impossible. And while the likes of Jones and Molyneux are enemies of the mainstream news media, media freedom advocate and law professor Lawrence Lessig announced last week he's suing the New York Times for what he claims is an online headline that was fast and loose about him. Harvard Law professors filed a lawsuit against the New York Times accusing the paper of, quote, clickbait defamation, according to Lawrence Lessig, reporting falsely suggested he once approved of accepting donations from Jeffrey Epstein. Professor Lessig joins us now via Skype. You know, just like people say that Facebook should not be publishing false ads in their political advertising, and at least if you notify them that their ads are lies... They ought to take it down. I think the same should apply to the New York Times. And so I think in the Internet age, we need a new standard or we need the standard of defamation law applied to this technology. Good luck with that, Professor Lessig. Now, while he slapped down the New York Times in a quest for truth, Pope Francis went viral in the new year for slapping the hand of a female follower who'd grabbed him during a public walkabout just a day after the Pope spoke out about the scourge of domestic violence. And the Herald, like many other media, posted the viral video of that and host Tim Donahue at sister station News Talk ZB broke it down like a video referee. And at the 19 second mark, this is where she shoots out her left hand and yanks his arm and pulls him back in and he slaps her hand down out of his because he, first he tries to 
pull it away, but she's holding onto his hand so tightly. Now, remember, he's trying to get away. And during the pontiff's next walkabout, just a week later, he reportedly told a nun in the crowd not to bite him before he kissed her. And he won praise for that in many media stories for displaying a sense of humour. But there was no sign of that on the 4th of January, though, when former music press Bible NME, which is now only an online outfit, reported this shock news. Meatloaf denies climate change claims Greta Thunberg has been brainwashed. But the shock in that for many readers was why anyone would make a story out of the climate-related reckons of the bat-out-of-hell heavyweight in the first place. But Meatloaf was not the only bloke of a certain age lately fretting about facts fed to school-age kids about the climate. All right, a lot of uptake for my new word that we're going to get widely used in New Zealand, and indeed we might get Obama to use this by the end of the year, the word doomers to describe those who are hysterical about climate change and believe the world is going to end. Doomers. And it's a nice playoff, boomers, isn't it? Doomers. This says, Sean, I used Doomer in a text to a host at the opposition. He loved it. I'm spreading the word. Steve. Sean Plunkett's Doomers label has yet to trend widely so far or be picked up by former President Obama in spite of Steve's best efforts there and Sean Plunkett's. Um, uh, OK, Doomer. I, I've got to say, OK, Doomer, at some stage, I might use that in my um, in my interview that's coming up. Well, that interview on the 14th of January was with Green co-leader James Shaw, the Minister for Climate Change. And in it, Sean Plunkett zeroed in on new resources for teaching that topic in schools. Sean Plunkett was concerned that this amounted to indoctrination. But James Shaw told him the resources are based on the science, so you can dispute that all you like, which is pretty much what Sean Plunkett then went on to do. But my point is, ah. is that you can find anything on the internet. why did you make the comparison? Because uh, what I'm saying is you can find anything on the internet to reinforce your pre-existing beliefs if you look hard enough. OK, well, I don't have any pre-existing beliefs on this, and you'd like to think our school children don't either, but clearly you do, politically, right, have a pre-existing belief. I mean, it's the basis of largely of the Green Party's political position. I have not found a scientist yet who does not think that climate change isn't happening due to human activity. Sean Plunkett's colleagues at News Hub billed that interview as a fiery clash, though in fact there were hardly any raised voices at all during that 22-minute encounter, which ended pretty amicably. Hey, thank you very much indeed for joining us and talking it through. I know you've got a, a big year ahead of you, and this is going to be one of the issues that is very much on the table. I'm glad you got a nice break at Ahopi Beach, um, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Sean Plunkett then riled a critical cricketer who happened to be listening. Uh, Jimmy Neeson, he said on Twitter that he wanted to take his hat off to Shaw for his calmness during the interview with Magic Talk's Sean Plunkett. Online, NewsHub called that a bitter Twitter feud between the pair, though mostly it was one-way traffic. Sean Plunkett criticised Jimmy Neesham for burning up carbon flying to cricket matches around the world, though climate-conscious cricketers, like everyone else of course, do have to live in the world as it is. And media hosts creating climate controversies to boost engagement is a part of the world as it is these days, it seems. But that climate curriculum controversy did strike a chord, though, with Magic Talk caller Johnny, who agreed that all this was too Orwellian sounding for his tastes. And, and Orwell and, and uh, the unword. And, uh, yes, they're spending too much money on books like selling his two mummies and yeah. not enough on rugby balls. Um, <laughs> And any political party that puts more rugby balls and less lesbian literature in the school curriculum might just get Johnny's vote in the 2020 election. 
That climate change teaching topic was a gift to talkback hosts begging for talking points. At times, they were desperate for them over the holidays. 0800 80 10 80. If you have a holiday entry, it doesn't have to have happened this holidays, could be any holidays in memory. Tim Wilson on News Talk ZB in the new year, prompted by a colleague in management there who had a holiday mishap. Have you done yourself a malfeasance while you've been on holiday? <laughs> it could be taking group photographs. It could be. Maybe you got a bit close to the barbie. Holiday injuries. Now, at first, Tim Wilson's appeals just drew voices of reason, like this guy. If you're going to be running a barbecue, you look after that. If you're going to take photos, you certainly don't do things around a barbecue or while you're driving or anything else like that, you know what I mean? Quite right, too. But Tim Wilson's persistence eventually paid off when Terry called in just. Now, what do you think about holiday injuries? Oh. Oh, oh sorry, Terry, did we got you back? Yeah, I got bitten by a dog on Christmas Day. Oh. And then caller Jenny took it up a notch with a yarn about being hospitalised by a goldfish. And I... So Mildred, a goldfish, stayed in the bowl. I, I came to... I was only, like, knocked out, like, five seconds. It yeah. wasn't, you know, that bad. Um, I, I, I remember seeing the goldfish thinking, oh, my gosh, you're OK, because I love animals and fish, you know. <laughs> and here she is swimming around, water everywhere and a few pebbles... Other topics filling the news and talkback void over the break. Too many tourists. Who should sponsor the All Blacks next? Whether hashtag turn Ardern was really a thing. A woman being kicked out of a Qantas lounge in Australia for wearing her gym gear. And, well, almost anything else that went viral on social media. And nothing in that vein was too tacky to be turned down as news, it seems. Last weekend, for example, the Herald posted a cell phone video reportedly filmed on a train to Trentham on Wellington Cup Day under this headline. Watch. Lewd act on Wellington train caught on camera. But having urged us all to watch what it called mature content, the Herald didn't even properly report what it described as a young woman demonstrating a unique skill on the train. Footage uploaded to Facebook shows the woman in a dress shuffling along the train carriage as the crowd cheers her on. She then drops a coin into a plastic cup on the floor using a rather unusual body part to carry money. And if the Herald thinks that body part was really unusual, well, we have news for the Herald. The Herald reported that some online responders thought all that was hilarious, some thought it was disgusting, and one wanted to acquire the coin. And that particular story, just for the record, was not part of the Herald's premium content offering. Now, back in mid-January, former journalist-turned-lawyer Linda Clark took to Twitter with this desperate plea... Serious journos, please come back to work. Another day of summer news and I'll gnaw my own leg off with boredom. And now that the year is underway properly, let's hope for more real news from our news media and less non-news content scraped from social media, like Robbie Magasiva's New Year message on Instagram. Yeah. Have a great 2020. New Year's resolution. They don't exist. I know. You watch. Tomorrow, I'm going to be really positive. Love you, everyone. Have a goodie.